everybody. Welcome to the only AFI watch list podcast where Mike and I have made it to number 69. Giggity. Tootsie. Tootsie. You're going to giggity again at Tootsie? No, not You're not going to giggity at uh, feminine Dustin Hoffman? No. Don't think I am. <laughs> Uh, so, so this film, I've, we've never seen this. I have never seen it. So we had a bet going from last time we talked about it, mm-hmm. where you believe that he is going to cross-dress for a good reason, mm-hmm. a heartwarming reason. I believe it is not going to be a good and heartwarming reason. I'm sure that the film finds a way to make it good and heartwarming. Um, I'm going to presume that. It's kind of like Connie and Carla, but backwards. That, that like he, that there ends up being people like looking up to him as a great female, something like what, whatever it is that he feels the need to cross dress for, like radio show host, stage actress, something like that. That there are going to be people that start like championing him as like an awesome fighter for women's rights or like the best, uh, what's what's the word for it icon of femininity i guess feminist icon (laughs) yeah like people people are going to like champion him as a feminist icon Mm -hmm. alternatively there will be like a weird love story what do you think um i think it's going to be him completely with self-interested means trying to trick people to, like, you said you thought it was for a good heartwarming reason i don't remember it's been so long since we came up with that <laughs> but that's that was you just had the position of him becoming a yeah no no, no i said that it turns good and heartwarming turns good. but the reason i believe that the reason he is cross-dressing is not a good reason it's I, a self-interested reason then i think it's him like i was saying it. draft dodging but i'm sure there's other reasons for men to Th- dress then, as women then i'm gonna have to go on the side of he's doing it for um good reasons uh-huh like uh something noble that's like, like a mrs noble. doubtfire situation right uh-huh and in that that mode that moment ends up corrupting it as he gets like rich and famous or something and so it's so yours is he does it for a bad reason goes good and i have to do it from a good reason goes bad Okay. Uh, completely arbitrarily. Because you, you have to arbitrarily just completely disagree with me. I get it. Yes. Uh, so it's Dustin Hoffman and mm-hmm. uh, Jessica Lange. Mm-hmm. Not Faye Dunaway, Jessica Lange. And I have questions. Sydney Pollack. Sydney Pollack. Yeah. Who um, did Sabrina and The Firm <laughs> and Out of Africa and this. And this. In my head, Dustin Hoffman is he's kind of a small guy, right? Yeah. I think so. Well, I don't know. I mean, he was, he was tall and hook, but I don't know if they just made him look tall. I don't think he was tall and hook. I think he was wearing platform heels like a proper pirate. Because, you know... Um, In my head, he's tiny. I don't like, know. Like, I'm going to say, like, Hugh Jackman tiny, and I know Hugh Jackman is actually taller than I think he is. Yes. I just think he's short because he plays Wolverine and Logan is short. Right. Except the the, the big thing was everyone said he couldn't play him because... Because he's, he's too tall! Yeah. Hugh Jackman's like 6'1". Yeah, no, he's not 6'1". D- Dustin Hoffman, I mean. Dustin yeah. Hoffman is a tiny man. Dustin Hoffman is... Tom Cruise height? Tom Cruise... He's 5'6". So that's pretty tiny. That's tiny. I'm taller than Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, that's tiny. Um, and Jessica Lang. I can't think of how tall she is because her presence just seeps out into the atmosphere around her and you cannot get any hard data about her. Is this true? Yes. Easily. What other things is she in aside from... I'm just going to be like, she just keeps showing up in American Horror Story. Right? Um, <laughs> She's in other things. She is a presence, a personality. I don't know. I actually never knew her at all. Until American, American Horror, Horror Story. Story. And everyone was like, oh, it's Jessica Lange. I was like, sure. But did you like her in American Horror Story? She's fine. Does she have a presence? Sure. You know actual facts about her. How tall is she? I have no idea. She's probably also 5'6". So the, she seems like a tall woman. So the fact that those are the only two names I wrote in my book means those are the only two names that matter, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. We, we had nothing really to go into this on, so... 
The cover makes it look patriotic in a yeah, way. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what this is. I am not looking, especially looking at the director's other work. I'm not You're not expecting much. To it. So um, you think it only made the list for uh, social justice reasons? No, I mean, who knows what it is? Uh, maybe it's just good in a movie. Maybe it's just really funny. Because um, I mean, I would, I would keep think in, that there's keep better. In mind, the apartment was a comedy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would think that there, if you're looking for like, I mean, there's other like cross-dressing movies. There, okay. Even back then. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a history of cross-dressing movies. Mrs. Doubtfire is one of the best. Is it? Shut up. Is it really? I love it. hate it. I I also don't like it at all. I also love Connie and Carla, but my love of Connie and Carla is because of how much uh, singing there is in it, because they're doing onstage shows as as drag queens. Women dressed as men dressed as women. (laughs) Because it's not just one cross-dress, it's the double cross. I'm going to... I'm going to be controversial right now. Oh, tell us. The majority of Robin Williams movies, not actually that good. I can agree with you on some Robin Williams movies. Like Jack, not good. Uh, Patch Adams, eh. Ah, good. I really liked What Dreams May Come. Critically, not very well received. But... I really liked yeah. it. It was a very good movie. It was uh, sentimental. I, I, yeah, but like Mrs. Doubtfire, I think. Uh, oh, see, I, I just I uh, like Mrs. I Doubtfire. Just, uh, it's so good. Uh, like he's good in Hook. He's great in Hook. Uh, like he's good, but you don't care. You don't care as much about him in Hook because you're. Uh, he's he's not the star of the show. Yeah, uh, you gotta admit, like, like Hook. If you like that movie, the star of the show is Dustin Hoffman and um, uh, the dude played Mario. Oh. Rufio, name? thank you very no, much. No, not Rufio. The guy who plays Mario in Super Mario Bros. Oh, you're talking about who Shmee. Shmee. Who plays Shmee in this? What's his name? He's a uh, well-established you know actor. I know, he, I know his name he, too, and I can't think of it. right Very now. well-established actor. He's not. He's only in like five films. He's in like a ton of things, and he's, he is very important. He's very dead now. He's in five films. Uh, guy who plays Mario, who isn't Lou Albano. Is what I'm typing into Google right and now. And Google knew exactly what you wanted. No, um, it didn't. It just keeps telling you about Lou Albano. I didn't want. I specifically asked not Lou Albano. So just say who plays Shmi. Shmi, by the way, is S H M E E. Okay. Shmi. I can type. I can type. You can't type. Hoskins. Yeah. Bob Hoskins. I don't know. I still think Rufio was the best part of that movie. Yeah, Rufio sucks. He had that hairdo that I wanted. Ruf- Rufio's big booger. Rufio. No, Rufio sucks. Everyone actually no. You know who the best? <laughs> even even people that liked Rufio knew Rufio sucked. This actually, kid- no. You know what really sucked in that movie? Huh. Tinkerbell really sucked really in that, sucks movie. that movie. And I hear she was a fucking bitch. Yeah, really sucked. Um, I was going to say the best part about that movie was, and it's not that this kid is the best part about the movie, it's that I enjoy this kid when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. The guy who plays uh, Peter Pan's son, mm-hmm. the one who's also in What About Bob? Yes. He is great as a child actor. Yeah. I don't think he's been in anything since he hit puberty. No. But as a child, his complete nihilism... And Does sarcasm. Yeah. I mean, that's why I love you. Oh, okay. Thanks. Nihilism and sarcasm. Yeah, Do you about, disagree? No, that sounds about right. Um, all right. Well, let's get on. Let's watch Tootsie and see what the hell this actually is. Yeah, I guess that's okay. All right. See, but now everyone's going to ask for you to do both intros. Are they? 
Yeah. The the no zero people that listen to us. The zero people that listen to us are going to ask for you to do both intros. Okay. So, Tootsie. Tootsie. It's a movie. It's a movie. Your thoughts. Your thoughts. <laughs> well, I gotta give my thoughts. How do I gotta give my thoughts? I don't know. I'm usually the one that throws the contrarian thoughts at the end. I don't usually Not- start with it. I was going to just repeat again, but I can't even say that with a straight face. I'm the one who always throws contrarian thoughts at the end. Um, so talk, talk about this movie. Talk about this movie. Damn it. Damn it. Um, okay. Dustin Hoffman is Tootsie. an actor in New York who never gets a part yep. in anything. And the opening, asshole. Well, and the opening credit scenes shows him not getting a part because he is too old, because he is too young, because he is too tall, because he is too small. Mm-hmm. And each of those, like, he's like, I could be, I could be taller. And they're like, yeah, no, you're, you're already too tall. And he's like, all right, I can be smaller. I'm wearing lifts. And they're like, yeah, no, we just, we want someone else. So at that point, it sounded like the kind of thing that they always say to actors in New York in pop culture references, right? Like, that's just, you're just never right. And so he is a out-of-work waiter in a disreputable restaurant. Uh, But then you get to see him getting a part and how badly he treats the directors. (laughs) Which, to be fair, that director was asking for a stupid thing. Because he was playing a historical figure who was dying on stage and was surrounded by other cast members. And the director asked if he could make it to the middle of the stage before he died. And he's like, wait, what? That, does, that doesn't make any sense. And the director's like, you know, I told you why I want it. Do it. And he's just like, I'm too good for this. And just like throws it down and leaves. Mm-hmm. So he's, uh, he's, not a good, he's, he's not a good personality to work with is what you get. Yeah. Um, he also doesn't seem like a good personality to work with from some situations that arise shortly after this. So he appears to maybe be an acting coach. Yeah, it seemed like he was sort of like the that Barry-esque situation of like, you know, those who can't teach and like, like it not felt, that he can't, but he just, he's... It felt like it might have been that kind of situation, but also yeah. not like, not like as though he was like a college... No level more like a community theater hey we're all out of work actors let's get together and talk about it and coach each other i think it would be like one of those like um strip mall acting schools where you're just like like, you know you come here and give give me like uh like 150 bucks okay five weeks so you do you do think they were paying oh yeah i was thinking they weren't paying they were paying they were paying paying for that they're paying that was his business that was was what he was making money no that is not he was not making money off of that he was a waiter in a disreputable restaurant he was a waiter that's what i'm saying i don't i it seems you think he's doing that for love no i think it was like one of those community theater like a rent situation um Remind me after we're done recording to mm-hmm. compare this to an actual real life theater troupe that we know multiple people from. They pay for that. They pay to join it. Right. They don't pay people to come in and be acting coaches. No, so he's you're right, paying you're right, you're out right. of pocket if it's that situation. Right. So she's paying for the privilege of being there <laughs> to also do that. Yeah, that's very possible. That's what it feels like. The, the, the person listening knows what we're talking about <laughs> the one person listening <laughs> knows exactly what we're talking about um and then disreputable strip mall <laughs> disreputable strip mall schools. theater troops with with musical numbers with involving musical numbers oversized that, boots that that people have to pay membership fees to my, join my boots and are then, made for walking i can tell you that much though do fundraising events yeah. all the time to anyway <laughs> So you all have one of these in your suburbs. I, no, these exist in. They, exist. they probably they're, exist they're, in the cities too. They're, they're probably the, not just a suburb. They're thing. the acting equivalent of like karate dojos. Yeah, where it's like they, you don't need a license to do it. What you need is like a refinance home mortgage of one hundred fifty thousand dollars to pay for a spot and like some credential. I guess I don't think anybody there has credentials. I, I think it was, it, it was something like, oh, hey, you know. I was in 
this com- I was in the Sunkiss commercial. Do you remember that commercial where there was the, the kids and they were talking about that grape drink? I don't want that purple stuff. I was number three behind the kid that said purple stuff. So I'm going to set up my own acting school where you two can be in a see, Pepsi no, Cola. No, no. See, you're giving... You're giving too this, much credit? Yeah, you're giving this imaginary person too much credit. My thoughts are that it's it's the person running it. So they, they have to have, like, incorporated or something. Like right. They, they, they uh, copyright, like, the name of the theater troupe. And it's like a, a, a small business. It's considered to be a small business. So my thought is, like, the person doing that is someone who used to be involved in, like, high school theater. And when they could no longer be involved in high school theater was like, I'm going to start my own, but couldn't afford a whole theater and so just made a theater troupe. Yeah. Does that not feel yeah, like? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because this, he, he's not in the same place all the time no. when he's having these classes no. with these people. Anyway. One of the girls who he's known for six years, mm-hmm. but he has no chemistry with, no, needs help to go try out for a part. Mm-hmm. And he coaches her and then is like, all right, you're good. You're, you're going to be good tomorrow. And she's like, no, who's going to be there to get me angry tomorrow? <laughs> and he's like, all right, I'll pick you up at 10 and enrage you, mm-hmm. which is nice. I liked that line. Um, and then takes her in to audition for this part and she doesn't even get to audition. Nope. <sighs> And so here's the thing. There were six people there that day trying out for that part. And I just need to fast forward a moment to two or three days later when he shows up to try out for that part. And he's the only person that... Did they not already cast this part? No. Oh, still, still, still looking to... Just going through the list. You know, just, you go through, like, hundreds of people. I mean, spot, you probably you know? do like, go through hundreds of people. You don't just go, who's, there was who's only, here? There was only, like, 15 people that first day. So yeah. it could... But, like, there was only 15 people that first day, and they were only in there for, like, a half hour. You could have done multiple half-hour sessions with 15 uh, people and made your way through 100 or so. On an aside, so this film was nominated for 10 Academy Awards. It only won one. And it's not Dustin Hoffman. Yep. <laughs> um, um, so you might you might have to pull up and see what it went against that year because yeah. I'm going to assume I'll take a look while we're while we're doing that this. it is not the one one of the factoids well, was about keep, how many cross dressing movies keep, there were that on, year. Keep on going through the synopsis. The there's synopsis. actually a lot that happens. In there's this movie, a lot that happens. And in this movie. I, I don't want this entire discussion to be a synopsis, so we got to blow through this. Yeah. Okay. Um. So it's a day. It's a soap opera. It's a daytime oh, drama. It's one of my favorite movies. Academy Award picture, best picture that year. What was or it? Best director. Das Boot. Is that an American movie? No, it's not. Then how did it win the Academy? It didn't, Awards? but it was nominated for best director. Anyway, uh, so his roommate is Bill Murray, but Bill Murray's name wasn't on any of the posters because they didn't want people going to it thinking it was going to be a slapstick comedy mm-hmm. like other things he has been in, like Caddyshack. Yeah. He wants to raise money to put on a play that his friend wrote. So here's here's why this sounds weird, right? Mm-hmm. So he went with the girl to the audition and asked for a specific person at the daytime op- drama opera soap opera show and was told this guy was in what upstate Maine or something doing a specific part. Yeah. And he was like, wait a second, no, that part was supposed to be mine. And just abandons the girl at the TV studio to cross town to talk to his agent to be like, I don't understand. You said this part was going to be mine. And this is when the agent tells him, like, nobody will work with you. And we know why nobody will work with him. He's a horrible human. Um, And so here's he's arguing with him and asking if he read his roommate's play because his roommate's play has a really good part for him. And in the space of this two minute argument. Okay, the, the the actual argument lasted longer than two minutes. By the way, his agent is the director of the movie, and mm-hmm. this the way they interact with each other is the way that Dustin Hoffman and the director interacted Which with each other all during the filming of this movie. Let's say tense. Tense. Uh, so during this argument, it's it hops from, how come you didn't get me this part? How come you haven't gotten me any parts? How come you haven't looked for getting funding for my friend's play? Because my friend's play has a part made for me. You know what? I'll get the funding for mm-hmm. the play. Just get me a part so that I can pay to run his play. Mm-hmm. 
And the agent just keeps saying, yeah, nobody will hire you. And he's like, all right, we'll see about that. And immediately skips to him dressed as a woman really well walking into the studio his his grand plan for this part didn't try anything else first didn't try anything didn't just try changing his name and saying he's not union nope went straight to becoming a woman um (laughs) also at um, least he came up with his name and apparently made himself a uh what are those sheets called a a, a headshot yes that sheet yes uh it has a picture of your headshot. face on the front. Headshot. headshot. That's a headshot. <laughs> and an in uh, information like a, a resume CV on the back. Yeah. Uh, what was your by the R- way? Richard Attenborough's Gandhi swept, including best director that year. You know, I've never best seen picture. it, and it's not on the top one hundred, so I'm never going to see it. And it's uh, got uh, Ben Kingsley plays Gandhi. I mean, I enjoy Ben Kingsley. So that gives you all you need to know. Um, I enjoy Ben Kingsley. I've never seen Gandhi. I'm never going to see it. Yeah. Also, uh... That was also the year of Sophie's Choice, yeah. which apparently was a big winner. I didn't really well, like it, was, it that it much. It wasn't. No, we actually kind of hated it. Well, she got the best actress. She just got best, best Supporting Actress, I think. No, Best Actress. Yeah, yeah. Best Actress. Um, Jessica Lange got Best Supporting Actress. She's yeah. underwhelming in this movie. She's a little underwhelming. Most of the characters in this movie are underwhelming. Actually. So aside from the fact that I enjoyed the movie, it was an enjoyable movie. It was kind of a yeah. popcorn movie, but it was enjoyable. No, it, 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 I should say, to preface, I enjoyed this movie. I'm just saying a lot of the actors, supporting actors around yeah, him are yeah. kind of underwhelming, including people that you would not expect to be underwhelming, like um, uh, the J- Jessica, uh, J- Jessica Lang. Well, Jessica Lang, Jessica Lang's father. Lang's that, that actor is a well-known yeah. actor, uh, and I can't think of his name. Go- right Mr. Now. Ghostbusters in this. Yeah, I don't. Know. What's his name? I don't. Not know. Dan Aykroyd. Um, Why is that Bill Murray? Bill Murray. Yeah. Bill Murray. Yeah. So like he was, he was understated but enjoyable. Yeah, but like he, he just for for like a comedy, I expect a little more from Bill Murray. Yeah. So apparently they didn't treat it as a comedy as they were filming it, though. Gotcha. So there's that. So that's how it makes sense. So, um, okay. So he, he gets the part, but he gets the part by like fighting with the misogynist right. director. He, he proves his metal. He proves his metal. He's a strong, independent woman that don't need no man. He's a strong, independent woman that don't need no man. Right. And then I, I only want to do one more quick scene before we go uh-huh. into just everything that happens. Yeah. Uh, tells them that his agent is his agent, like gives them the actual agent's mm-hmm. name. And then, like, ambushes his agent at a restaurant mm-hmm. reservation, like, out front, just, like, runs into him so that he has to look at him, doesn't recognize who he is, mm-hmm. goes in and sits down, uh, and then comes in and sits with him and gets all up in his space, mm-hmm. freaking him out. Because this is a time period where when you are approached by a person that you are aware is cross-dressing, it apparently skeeves you. Yeah. That, that's the thing. Late late seventies, early eighties, I would say so. Okay. Yeah. Um so just fast forward a bit. Mm-hmm. He does really well on the soap yeah. opera. It's a classic soap opera. People love yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Um, he becomes like a super celebrity on like magazines. Super celebrity on a lot of magazines. Yeah. All all for this just raising eight grand. He, yeah, he definitely got that eight grand. Really fast, I would think. Fairly fast. Um and then and then there's like a sub plot romance there's, there's with a woman. Like, yeah, there's one or two subplots because he falls in love with one of the girls and her father falls in love with him and she's in an unhealthy relationship mm-hmm. with the director Directly. and the director is a misogynist and a philanderer. <laughs> um, Dustin Hoffman is also still in a relationship with the girl from the beginning who he had literally no chemistry with uh-huh. because that first day after he got the part when he was in her apartment to take her somewhere... He wanted to try on some of her clothing while she was in the shower and she came out while he was still naked and he just went with that like an improv actor. Just like, oh, hey, so hi. And then stays in a relationship with her. Yeah. But not a good one. Especially funny when he has an out when she's like, so this is like a one time thing, right? He's like, no, I'm going to date you. And never And he's a horrible human. No, he's not a great guy. I mean, he's not even doing this for good reasons. 
Um, so you're kind of we're in the right I, there I think because I, I I don't think he was doing this for he was doing this so that he had the role. Yeah, like this wasn't for his friend. This really. wasn't really for Bill Murray. It was for it was for his role. Like I don't think he'd be doing this if it wasn't for the fact that he had a spot in the play. I don't. It was so. Um, uh, he's so selfish. And uh, but also he doesn't really get much nobler. I don't like, know. Like his his no. his drive in the story becomes falling in love with his the actress on stage. Yeah, not even a co-star. She, I mean, she's one of the other big yeah. actors. But like daytime soaps, like there's uh-huh. ten to fifteen and, main characters in each and of them. Tr- trying to get in a relationship with her without also blowing his cover and it not working because obviously she's he's she's dressed like a. He's yeah. dressed like a middle-aged, yeah. well, even older than a middle-aged woman. Uh, and him trying to get out of his contract. Yep. And, uh, I don't know, just some personal relationship things with the girl who he has no chemistry with. Yeah. The, the second act of this movie, I feel like, lags. A little bit. Like, it has a good closure. There's a great ending. It has a it, good ending. And I like the end. And it's, like and it's got end. a good first, like, I don't know, how long is this? Hour 45, maybe? It's not maybe. a long movie. It's not that long. Um, but, like, the first, the first, like, like 40 minutes it are says pretty it's an strong. hour 56. Uh, the first, first 45 minutes are pretty good. Last 15 are pretty good. And the last 15 are pretty good, but the middle kind of suffers from just a very, like, I almost don't want to go over too much of that, and that's why we're kind of glossing over, we'll get to the ending, because the, most of it is kind of stuff you've seen before. Yeah. Like, a very simple, like, oh, he's in a, he wants to be in a relationship, but he can't, but now he's stuck in his other one, and he can't, and, you know, there's mistaken identities, and go over to parents' house, and, like, it feels almost like a, like a, not, not, not like an Animal House comedy, but, like, that kind of, like, frat house comedy of, like, like, like you could have seen a she- uh, this movie also having, like, Chevy Chase in it and trying to, like, scramble, right? Okay. Or, like, a, like, it just felt like a very rote, like, okay. traditional, like, that part of it. But, like, the acting's really good, the, the plot's fun, it goes through different motions, and then it gets to a really good ending, too, where he kind of, you can take up. Um, so... Uh, Jessica Jessica Lang is breaking up with the man who's no good for her mm-hmm. and says that she was motivated to do it mm-hmm. by Dustin Hoffman's elderly female character. Yep. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to think of the exact order that this goes in because there's so much about this. Because like he's sitting on the couch with her and goes to kiss her and, and she freaks out. Well, so one, she was also leaning in to kiss him, which is why she was like, "I also have these urges," mm-hmm. right? But he believes that she has touched his genitalia, I would presume, judging by he's like, it's a corn cob. No, I can explain. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I, I don't understand. You feel it. <laughs> Is he assuming that just the dress lifted? Must be. I don't know. <laughs> Because she, because Jessica Lange is just upset that she nearly kissed a woman that she thinks of as a really close friend, yes. and like, yeah. yeah. And he's all like freaking out that she found out already that he's a man, uh, and that's a thing. And then she forces him to go out on a date with her dad, mm-hmm. who proposes to him. Uh huh. And then he gets home, and the older male doctor, uh, we call Tr- him the tongue, trying to mac on her. Tries to mac on her and gets into the apartment by way of serenading. Mm-hmm. Why do you call the cops on that? If someone you don't want is serenading you, call the police. Well, if it's just the music grant, call the police. What's the Grubhub driver? I mean, they're going to stand outside your door and sing at the top of their lungs? Maybe. Well, I'm saying as a. Still disturbing the peace. Call the cops. I'm trying to start a unique gig. i'm just saying it's disturbing the peace call the cops yeah um so like that and then that's when his roommate comes home and manages to send that man away and then the girl that he has no chemistry with shows up at the apartment and he his one shining moment he tells her the truth Mm -hmm. that he's in love with another woman um, and so he's still just trying to get out of the part on the daytime soap because all of his personal relationships are fucked. Yep. Um, and the next day it just lands in his lap, gift wrapped. They have to do it live. Fuck it. Yep. We're doing it live. 
and he improvs. Yep. And and I guess he does it pretty okay, aside from all the stuttering. <laughs> but also, like, in the moment, if you're not a good improv actor, <laughs> I'm not saying Dustin Hoffman's not a good the character's not, improv yeah. actor, but the character who never gets hired is probably not yeah. very good at improv, if that's how he did that he, scene. He gives a very soap opera revelation that he it's is... so soap opera! He, he is in disguise as his dead sister who has been betrayed by yeah. the hospital um and shockingly before all of this as of going off the rails and they see that she's you know going into business for herself here to use a wrestling parlance uh that they don't just shut the feed down and say technical difficulty yeah, no, we'll no, be no, right no, back no it wasn't time for commercials yet you can't you can't shut the feed down um so like that was that whole thing so he managed he managed to get off the show I have questions about how he was technically employed by the show if he wasn't a real person and he didn't use a real person's name and bank account. And if they were writing checks to a person that doesn't exist, how do you cash those checks if you don't exist? Maybe the... Maybe the agent... It goes cash to the agent. Agent gets his cut and give it out. Okay, that could work. Because that's usually how agents will operate. Kind of like okay, so pay. they're giving the there's because they get a cut they're the addressing money. the whole check to the agent and the agent give it and the agent cashing it out and giving okay, but then how was the contract legal that they were saying he had to keep working for them because I he mean, signed the contract? You don't need to do like a DNA test for it to write a contract. Oh, okay. It might be void. Like he probably could have even argued that it was void because he's not a real person and would have solved a lot of time. Right? Yeah. Anyway, so he got off the show, and then Jessica Lang is, like, looking at him, and he's staring at her because he loves her, and he wants her to understand, and she comes walking over and looks deep into his eyes, and then sucker punches him right in the gut. That's basically it. And then he meets up with her father to return the ring in a bar full of brawny men. Yep. And the father just gives him a nice love tap. Yep. And then he meets up with her again out on the street, and that's cute. That's the rom commy bit. Yeah, it's, it's that's the only bit that it, is good rom com. Which is probably why I like it in that it doesn't fall into those tropes entirely, and it kind of for a older film feels oddly modern in sort of the the anti narrative of rom coms very mm-hmm. often, where like a lot of a lot of these type of movies will do the inverse of the, the cliche or, um, you know, something like a, akin to like a It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia kind of comedy where the characters are kind of irreparable and they don't actually learn from their mistakes. And in this case, like, he doesn't really grow that much. Like, well, no, but, he, <laughs> but like he even he says, uh, what what's the line? I, I'm a better man. As a woman with you, yeah. that I'm ever, um, as a man with other women, yeah, something like that, or something like that. And he's like, at least we're already friends. First part's done. Yeah. Now, now I just got to work on doing it out of the dress. Yeah. So I mean, but it's still like he doesn't really have like a grand character change. Not it's really. Just, no. he's kind of the same. He's asshole. the same asshole, right? Uh, so movie was very well regarded when it came out. It it's, grossed a shit ton of money, yeah, spawned a musical. Um, well, it spawned a musical much more recently. It was based on a book, apparently. Um, Roger Ebert gave it a well, four out of four stars and said that Tootsie is the kind of movie with a capital M, so you know he's snobbish, uh-huh. um, that they used to make in the 1940s when they weren't afraid to mix up absurdity with seriousness, social comment with farce, and a little heartfelt tenderness right in there for the laughs as well. The movie gets you going and coming and manages to put on some lightheartedness, but well-aimed observations about sexism and also pokes satirical fun at soap operas, uh, New York show business agents, and Manhattan's social pecking order. So he was very lauding of that. Um, um, okay, where are you getting this information that you're saying it was a book first? Because all of the trivia has that it was... Um... Like Dustin Hoffman and whoever got the things for writing it, uh, like wrote it, not like wrote it for him. So is Robert Horn a friend of Dustin Hoffman? I'm guessing. 
Because Dustin Hoffman's like, yeah, we wrote we wrote it together, but he took the credits for it. It looks like just... he wrote a book version and then also helped write the musical. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. Yeah, something a little weird about that. But, you know, that's kind of interesting. Um, so it, it actually might not be based on a book. It might have been almost linked together. You know, yeah, like yeah. he wrote the book as they were yeah. writing the screenplay or some shit like that. That's a thing. From the, from the creator of the special project of RuPaul's Christmas special. Oh, yeah. um, so, um, trivia, weird factoids, and yes. whatnot. So, Dustin Hoffman every day for filming had to do like a nice close shave mm-hmm. for the caking on all the makeup and yep. everything. God, there's a lot of makeup, and they Ugh. still only got three or four hours of filming out of him a day because of his five o'clock shadow. Yeah, is that how fast facial yeah. hair grows? Yeah, well, don't mind. Well, I can feel it, but if you had like makeup pancake, oh, it would just, it would pop out. Oh, it would it just pops. pop it, out. It's so stiff, it would just pop out like a. Okay, but like, when did you shave? Uh, I don't know, like eleven. Okay, so that's twelve hours. Yeah. So, like, was it like that in the middle of the day? Yeah. Like, if you you could feel it in yeah. the middle of the day, but probably about like two. I'm sorry, I don't have yeah. facial hair to understand yeah. the con. I I understand the concept of five o'clock shadow, right. but in my head. It's yeah, a, it's a five o'clock shadow because you've shaved in the morning before you went into work at yeah. like seven or eight. And then by evening, yeah, I mean, you know, it, you've got a it, stubble. It can grow pretty fast. Um, okay. Some people's hair grows faster than others. So his, his probably grows a little bit faster. Okay. Uh, D- Dustin Hoffman, the, the female role that Dustin Hoffman played, Dorothy, had a southern accent mm-hmm. because uh, as he was like researching and setting things up, Dustin Hoffman discovered that his voice more closely into the range of female pitch while doing that accent. And I would presume the reason that was one of the accents he tried was because part of his uh, I'm going to say femininity training Mm -hmm. was doing lines from Blanche Dubois from Streetcar Named Desire. Just anybody named Blanche has to have a southern accent. It's just, that's all you get. Um, What else did I think was important? Uh, Dustin, uh, the crew only gave bad news to Dustin Hoffman while he was in drag because he was much nicer as a woman. <laughs> uh, I mentioned that the actual director was his agent because that was the way they talked to each other. Oh, it's just horrifying. Um, Dustin Hoffman claimed that after playing Tootsie for the first time, he went home, burst into tears and confessed to his wife that playing a woman forced him to confront his own sexist perceptions of women that he never realized he had. There you go. Um, oh, the you had the thing up for all the people that were up for awards that yes. year? So I've never seen The World According to Garp. Yeah, neither Apparently have I. Apparently there is someone cross-dressed in it. And also, obviously, Victor Victoria. I don't know if you saw that that, that was nominated for a couple of things. It didn't mm-hmm. win anything, which is really strange because Victor Victoria is amazing. Uh, so, th- three movies that year that all got uh, nominated for awards that centered maybe some, apparently on some cross dressing. May- maybe some uh, espionage in terms of screenplays. Well, they're not. Actually, I mean, they are kind of related when you think about it because yeah. Victor Victoria is a down on her luck opera type singer who can't get a part singing in any club because mm-hmm. like really what use is it being able to hit a pitch that breaks a wine glass right um and like hers is that she does dresses up as a mm-hmm. man dresses woman it's like it's better that way um where the fact that she can break glass is amazing because men can't hit that pitch i can't hit that pitch most people can't hit that pitch no uh, also, there's a lot of a lot of sinew between this and Mrs. Doubtfire, as we had mentioned it earlier. Okay. Like, um, before you go in on on other things mm-hmm. that connect it, this is I I know I know it's not true, okay? Mm-hmm. But when Jessica Lang's father, Les, introduced himself, I I know it's not the same man. Okay, in my head. He was totally the man who played the bus driver in Mrs. Doubtfire, who was hitting on her, and then when he saw her hairy legs, was just like, just like God made you. It's not. It's It's not. not. It's not. But it would have been amazing if it was. Would it? 
Okay. Tell us more about the sinew. Well, I'm just, I mean, there's not much to say other than just that, that the general, like, causality of why he's getting dressed up is kind of similar in that, like, using this acting skill for personal gain. Yes, he was. Whatever, Jen. Yes, go ahead. Be literal and poke a hole in it. Go ahead. No. Was he not a... Was he not a actor in that Mrs. Doubtfire? Right? And then he was, so he's a character actor, and then he got dressed up, played a character, and, and cross-dressed for personal gain to get, her, get his family back. Do you really call family time yes. personal gain? Yes, it totally was personal gain. He was disobeying court orders. Breaking the law to, it's a, the, so the same sort of, like, self-absorbed kind of I'm going to break the law. I'm going to do something wrong for personal benefit. Just wanted to be with this family. No. That's, you go to court for that. You make a petition. Never you, been away from his kids for you, more than a weekend. You become a goddamn responsible adult and set up some kind of better visitation rights. <laughs> Rob Williams is an asshole in that movie. But mostly scars his family. He is kind of an asshole. Just like Tootsie. Just like Tootsie. Just like While cross-dressing. Exactly. But... These movies are the same. But it was heartwarming. Was it? Was it? Is it heart... I don't know about that. What? Alright. What else? We got... You got for trivia here. Or rounding down the corner here. You got anything good on trivia and Tootsie here? I definitely had other good trivia on Tootsie here. I'm just looking oh, for boy. what was the one that I told you in the middle of the movie and said, remind me about that later. Which thing did I tell you to remind me about later? I don't remember. Well, we'll, that's not helpful. Well, we'll, we will get there in 45 minutes when you scroll down this list of 10,000 10, trivia pieces. 10, oh, it was Gina Davis's first movie. I yeah. did mention oh, yeah, Gina, that yeah, we yeah. watching it. Gina Davis was in this. And yeah. She was pretty great. Is she? Is she? She was a throwaway person. <laughs> but she looked really nice, and she got to be in this in her skivvies, so... Great. That's what I needed to see of Gina Davis. And then the next time her and Hoffman appeared in the same era. Mm-hmm. Alright, so where is this on your list? Um, Kind of middling. Kind of middling. What do you got for number? Thirteen. Thirteen. Uh, what's that between? That puts it after Goodfellas and All the President's Men, and before In the Heat of the Night mm. and Saving Private Ryan. I think I have it in a similar middle of the pack. I have it at 12, uh-huh. um, with it being under Silence of the Lambs. And All the President's Men. And All the President's Men, and Sixth Sense. Uh, well, I was only going up two, because yeah. it's, it's sure. right now the same um, and then above Shawshank Redemption and Spartacus. Sh- Shawshank is so much better than and this. I'd take this over Shawshank any day. Uh, Shawshank's so good. Ugh. It's fine. It's so anyway, fine. Uh, so that was our rankings. That's is that all you wanted to say? Number 69. I got nothing much it. to say about it. Like, it's not a very inspired film. I don't know if it has a place on this list for real. Yeah, I'm not like, why? Um, put on the list. I don't think it's that no, culturally relevant. Why is it, it on this list? It I don't know, and it doesn't really do anything that I would say is really dramatic or propels cinema or is just an exceptional piece. If anything, it feels kind of like a a well made quote unquote one of them films. Like it almost is indistinguishable from. A lot of late seventies, early eighties comedies, in a weird way. Not necessarily in to- in theme, but like in production, design, directing. Like you know, you know what I mean. Like there's very little about this that is exceptional, okay. or cutting edge, or different. Yeah, it was not. Um, it was not it's, right, it's just. But why fine. is it one of the best? Why is it one of the best? I don't know. I don't make this list. Is I know it's certainly. When we get around to making our own lists, I do not think it has a place anywhere on the list. Yeah, no, probably not. But of the films we've watched, like, I I think it's fine. I Honestly, I almost have an argument of putting it down lower. 
like almost Toy Story territory, <sighs> just because I I kind of feel generally ambivalent. But I actually, but you're more willing. Okay, not right now, but say three months from now. No, you have to. You have to rewatch uh, Toy Story, either Toy Story or this. I would watch this, but Toy Story gets a a bad place on my list because I'm a person who does not like watching movies again. Yeah, and it had so such little of substance for a rewatch mm. that it just made me feel like it passed through and like it didn't have any effect. I, I have a feeling this would have that effect too. Like I almost like if you watched this a second time. Like I, I think I would drop it ten points. You if you want you can do that. This is your list. <sighs> I don't know. But then like so because then I but then I like I drop it down Toy Story. Like I like it better than do the right thing. No, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go. Let's go crazy, guys. Let's go crazy. We're dropping this motherfucker. I'm dropping this guy. We're bringing him down. Oh my god, how much work do you have to do with your copy and paste? It's like nothing. It's like nothing. Tootsie's gonna go to number 19. So much work with your copy and paste. I've convinced myself. It is now gonna be between Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid and Ben-Hur on the top. And do the right thing in Toy Story on the bottom. Uh, it is slightly better than Toy Story and slightly better than do the right thing, but is ultimately kind of just meh. meh. A, right a good though. meh, but like a, right it's a C. Plus. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's fine. It, it, seven stars in the Tokyo Dome, maybe, but not. So, anyway, uh, next time we are going to watch Unforgiven, which is, I believe, a Clint Eastwood, Eastwood movie. Yeah. I feel like I've seen it. I can't, for the life of me, remember it too much. Uh, so, I, I know it is a Western. Uh, Clint Eastwood's in it. Um, apparently, Gene Hackman's also in it. Another Western? There's a lot of Westerns on this list. I don't know why. Uh, and then, Who's Afraid of Virginia I've Wolf? never seen it. I've never seen it. That one has Ms. Taylor in it. Mm-hmm. I enjoy Ms. Taylor. After that, Raiders. Raiders. Yep. And uh, then the after. Mm-hmm. No matter how many times I see it and think, no, that's uh, that's he's on this list. Another similar film is on this list. Yeah, uh, Lawrence, um, of Arabia. Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, yeah or some shit like that. Um, I feel like I've seen African Queen, but I'm not a hundred percent certain. I mean, we'll like, find out in uh-oh. maybe yeah. a month. Yeah, it, it provided not a long-lasting impact on me, but I generally am kind of prejudic- prejudicial to these older pre-sixties films. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost, I almost want to say, I have a friend that says it. I'm not willing to necessarily make that deep cut, uh-huh. but that all films prior to 1980 are not actually that good. Yeah, I'm not uh, not necessarily willing to make that cut. Oh, but you like the original Psycho movie. Yeah, it's all right. You like the original Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's all right. But it's not my favorite Star Wars. Star Trek. Uh, you when love Star Trek? The Godfather. Well, at the but, very least, you're then going to have to say no movie made before 1970, because The Godfather think, was made in 72. I, I think I would I would be willing to say anything before 1975. Godfather 2 is better. Okay, so you're saying anything before Godfather 2 is <laughs> maybe, not maybe. I don't actually don't know when Godfather 2 came out. Uh, let's see. Anything before 1974, between December 19th and anything before December of 1974. <laughs> uh, you liked the Maltese Falcon, because you already made me watch it. Yeah, I do like the Maltese Falcon. And I'm Falcon. aware of the fact that I do that like the Maltese like Falcon. It. I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't outliers, but it feels like the, the general level. Like, don't you feel like the general Wait. level of quality of film yes, has gone but, up ex- exponentially? Yes, but also, Doctor Strange Lover, How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, is like... You watch that movie once a year. I do not watch that movie once a year. And while I do do quite enjoy that humor, like if you were again, if you play that 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 like acid drop test kind of thing of like this that, 
right? Uh-huh. Of like you gotta pick this or that, only pick one, and like 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 yeah, one uh-huh. one other one other. Like if he gave me that or airplane, I take airplane. Which was made in nineteen seventy eight. Okay, so it was after December of nineteen seventy four. It's important to me that you don't start lying now. December of nineteen seventy four was the first good movie. Actually, airplane was nineteen eighty, which uh, would actually exist in my thing. Where well, might yeah, been... no, but you had to go for nineteen seventy four because otherwise you're Godfather Part Two. Dis- discluding, excluding. Saying... Otherwise, you're excluding Godfather Part Two. I'm not two. saying that there aren't good films before. No, you're saying that good film began. Good film began. The with real the Godfather good film, Part Two. Maybe yes. You know what? Guess let's set it in stone now. There are outliers that are okay. It's it's like it's like Dave Meltzer, right? Everyone for a longest time is rating these films on a five scale, five star scale. I'm saying that no, it's been a ten. Star it's been a ten scale. star scale. Just nobody has ranked, rate, rated, ranked, right. rated. Nobody deserved more than five stars, even though it was a ten star. Scale. So I'm going this with with Roger Ebert is the Dave Meltzer of of film and these four star films. They were just average at best, and we're bumping up to ten stars. All right. A ten star scale now. I'm saying everything else for 1974. It's fine. Some some ones that are like, ah, that's all right. But that that was when like films got real. Got and things, real. Things got good in 1974. 1974. Okay. <laughs> it's my hot take. Okay. No, I'm. I will remember this and react <laughs> accordingly. Okay. Uh, right. so we'll, I guess we'll see you guys next time whenever we get to film another one of these because we were lazy and didn't do this for like two weeks. But That's all you. That is all me. Um, but thank you guys for joining us. See you next time for another film buffing up. Peace. I mean, you know, so deeply amused by that joke. You say it every time. Just don't think it ever lands. That's for me. Uh, okay. That's all that matters. <laughs>